It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. Don't you know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young at heart? Some people will go to any length to stay young forever. A touch of magic. Drink that potion and you'll never grow even one day older. Bottoms up. No warning. Now a warning? Universal Pictures presents Death Becomes Her. Welcome to the film with three brains. It's Sam in San Francisco. And Sean in Chicago. And Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And today we are reviewing Death Becomes Her, and we have a guest, my friend David, from here in San Rafael. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hey, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Yes. Well, this is your pick, so of course the obligatory first question, why did you pick this movie? (laughs) Not like, why did you pick this movie? It was just, yeah. why did you pick this movie? Um, Well, I picked this movie because it's probably, it's one of my favorite movies. I've watched it a million times growing up, and it's still one of those movies today. I feel like uh, it really, the story and and the idea of it really stands the test of time, I feel like, with, uh, you know, the people obsessed with youth and beauty and everything. So it, it's it's one of those movies that you can watch it in 1992 or you can watch it today and it still has some kind of relevance of what's happening today. And it's entertaining as hell. <laughs> <laughs> did you see it first at, a, uh, I want to say a theater, but did, where? how did you see it first? Do you I did see it in the theater first. Oh. Um, I was 11 years old. Um, so I went to see it with my mom because none of my 11 year old friends really wanted to see it. I think at the time, um, I've been a big movie fan my whole life and I've, I've always really enjoyed movies. So even movies that probably weren't for me, like when I think when I've a few, a few good men came out, I was like, I want to see that. I was like 10. <laughs> so <laughs> none of my friends were like, yeah, let's go see it. So I, whenever I had movies like that, my mom would always be like, I'll go. And I'm like, all right. Cause my dad like never really liked movies that much. So my mom would always go with me. So there were more adult movies that she would appreciate too. So yeah, I saw it in Strathmore theater in New Jersey in Matawan in 1992. And I still remember it. Yeah. Oh. How well, many times do you think you've watched it since then? Oh God. I've probably seen it like 25 times. Is this, is this your like top like movie you've watched the most times you think? Uh, it's, it's probably up there. Yeah, definitely. It's uh it's a movie that, I'm, I've always watched and then like grow, as I've gotten older, my friends have really enjoyed and, and kind of embraced too. So I've seen it with them. And if it's ever on TV, I'm just, it's one of those movies I get stuck on. Like, I'm like, Oh, death becomes on. I don't care where it is in the movie. I'll just start watching it and watch it from the end, wherever <laughs> to the end. <laughs> it's one of those movies for me. Yeah. It was, it's cool that it was on Peacock. I think this is the first movie we've reviewed. That's, it's been on that service. Oh yeah. My yeah, wife I has it on DVD. She loves this movie. Who does? My wife. Oh, nice. Yeah, I actually have it on Blu-ray. That's where I watched it too. Yeah. <laughs> but I did see that it was on Peacock too. 
Did your wife watch it with you when you watched it again? Yep, she watches all the movies with me. She's a trooper. Very nice. I think I think every movie we've ever reviewed, she's watched with me. <laughs> wow. wow, that's to her credit, still married. She sat, she sat through a <laughs> yeah. lot of shit. Yeah, like, you guys make some interesting, interesting movies. That's yeah. a polite way to say it. Yeah, it is very <laughs> diplomatic. <laughs> Trooper is another word for masochist. But yeah, this one, this one, she was happy to watch. She, she, this is one, she loves this movie a lot. Oh, great! Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that she enjoyed it. I was, I was sort of in the opposite camp. <laughs> I was in the opposite camp. I had uh-huh. this. This I watched it for this, and it's the second time I've seen it. I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I didn't like it at all. Uh-huh. But what's weird is I didn't. I didn't remember it. It was almost like watching it for the first time. It, it was vaguely familiar, and I enjoyed it much more this time than I did the first time I saw it. I liked it quite a lot. Okay. I don't. I don't remember why I didn't like it. I, I. I couldn't say. I would imagine I thought at the time, which is going to sound fucking ridiculous, that the effects looked fake, which is. <laughs> Ridiculous, because they look pretty good. Even yeah. now, they hold up pretty damn well. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Knowing that it's, you know, it's really predates what we consider modern, you know, computer-generated imagery in movies. It doesn't predate it by a lot, but it does. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much at the forefront of yeah. digital effects. I mean, yeah. it's before Jurassic Park. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty impressive. And, it, I mean, it won the Academy Award, too. But, yeah, it, yeah it's pretty impressive for 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 what it is this is the appropriate time for this little factoid this is the first movie to use skin cgi yes i, I knew that yeah but yeah i was impressed by it I, so i gotta say i don't think i've ever seen this movie really like mm-hmm. i think i might have seen like tiny bits or parts or that but there's no there's I watched this movie and there was a ton of it that was not even at all familiar to me. And I was like, and when I got, to, when they got to the part when Goldie Hawn has the hold through her torso, mm-hmm. I was like, if I saw this, I would remember this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like the one thing I did remember her yeah. getting shot flying through the air, landing in the fountain and then seeing through her for the rest uh-huh. of that scene. <laughs> that was about all I could remember. And they use that hole every possible like i like, <laughs> seriously when Mer- meryl streep throws that thing and it says that sign i'm like yes and then because yeah. she got like the hole in one and then like oh it didn't do anything like that is genius like that yeah. that alone makes the whole yeah, thing. yes oh no yeah and then when she sits down and it goes right through her yeah. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> It is I, like just having that effect and being like, let's see what we can do to have fun with this makes this whole movie worth it. Yeah. And I enjoyed the rest of the movie, but that was like, I was like, mm-hmm. this is. I'm surprised you hadn't seen it just because it's. I remember, I remember wanting to see it because it was the dude who made Back to the Future and who framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Romancing you know? the Stone, even. But yeah. And maybe that's why I didn't like it as much because. I probably was coming at it like through the lens of Back to the Future, which I considered to be, you know, just like a goddamn fucking masterpiece when I was a kid, when it we were is. children. Still is. It, yeah, still is. But then it's just like, just crazy for it, you know? And then, you know, two and three came out and I was like, oh, okay, those are, those are pretty good. <laughs> and then the next movie he made was Death Becomes Her. So I probably considered it, I don't know, I was pretty... I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. It's weird. I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought Meryl Streep was so fucking, I mean, she's so good and everything, but you rarely <laughs> see her being this funny. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. she's amusing in things. She's got good timing and shit, but you don't see her being this funny. Yeah. I think I what I love the most about her in this movie especially is just for some reason the way she says her lines in this movie some mm-hmm. of them are just so wacky yeah and yeah I feel like she, I feel like it's all her I don't feel like Robert Zemeckis would have stopped her and been like you should say it like this like when um Isabella Rossellini's character stabs her with a knife and she's like ah what are you nuts? <laughs> yeah right, exactly <laughs> I, I just, that part makes me laugh every time I see yep. it it's such a weird way yeah she, like she has character- great little expressions and little mannerisms and her yeah. reactions to everything is so funny <laughs> and you know Meryl Streep's great she's always been great but I've never seen her quite like this mm-hmm. that I can remember and it was it was it was dare I say delightful so <laughs> <laughs> what like- it, but what it did do, though, is it made me yearn for someone other than Bruce Willis. I don't think he's bad. He's pretty good, but he's only pretty good. You know, she's great. Yeah. And he's only pretty good. So uh, I, I was like, yearning for someone to really because I heard I, you know, when I was reading about it, they said that Kevin Klein was originally cast. I thought, oh, I know. Man. Yeah. I, that would have been fantastic. Too. I just told my friends that I was just like, Kevin Klein would have killed that role. Yeah, he, he would have. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed Bruce Willis in it because it was yeah. so, such a different character for sure. him to play. And it's good to see him with energy. Yes. You know, like he hasn't put any any energy into a role. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God, it's been forever. Yeah. He's just sleepwalking. Like his eyes are literally half closed. <laughs> Did you guys see who else was considered after Kevin Klein pulled out? It was mm. Jeff Bridges, right? Right. Oh, right. That'd have been great, and too. They turned yeah. him down. <laughs> he auditioned. They turned him down. Oh, man. Crazy. <laughs> But I kind of get that. I was thinking like when we were watching it and after it was over, we t- my wife and I talked about this very topic. And I was thinking like sort of um, Raising Arizona, Moonstruck era, Nicolas Cage would have been really good. Yeah. Or um, John Cusack, maybe a little young. Yeah. But uh, someone, someone in that, that realm, someone who's good at comedy but isn't known for comedy. But yeah, again, so I mean, the, Bruce Willis was good. He was he was good. He just wasn't quite good enough, I felt. Yeah. I read originally that um, Meryl Streep, when she signed on to this movie, thought that she was going to be playing Helen, yeah. Goldie Hawn's part. And she was like really surprised when she got like she figured out that she was playing Madeline. <laughs> like she was like, I was not expecting to play that part at all. That's yeah. not who I, who I really like thought would be my character. But then she ended up like killing it. It was like, so good. She was, I can't think of, I can't see anyone else playing that character but her. She was so yeah. good. But the funny thing about her with that, with this movie that I realized was that in the timing of her um, career, when I started really watching more older films, like with more adult content, I was probably like nine, 10 years old. And I realized that how I was introduced to Meryl Streep was with comedy. Sure. I watched like she devil with mm-hmm. bar. I guess uh, that's true. Yeah. And, and this death becomes her. And, oh, and like, defending your life, which we talked defending about, which life with Albert Brooks. And then she did like river wild, which isn't comedy, but it's more like, you know, like adventure thriller mm-hmm. thing. So I was like, I wasn't really introduced to Meryl Streep as like the dramatic, like icon actress. Yeah. That that's a good point. I, for, I forgot about some of those earlier roles. Yeah. So that's all how I knew how I knew her. And then, and then like later, because those are like my friends were coming over when I was like 10 and we were like, let's watch Sophie's Choice. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. It definitely seems like she went through sort of a phase in the late 80s and early 90s where she was trying to sort of 
do comedy because you're right before that in the 80s it's like out of africa silkwood yeah sophie's choice ironweed yeah cry in the dark like all this pretty serious oscar bait you know yeah sure definitely kramer versus kramer which is fantastic yeah man she's got quite a filmography definitely she is in some freaking good movies so many of them yeah yeah i love adaptation that's a great one I have no memory of adaptation. I remember loving it. That's it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what it was about or, or you know, other wow. than like a blurb. <laughs> yeah. And and Harrison Ford <laughs> calling it adaption at the Oscars <laughs> when, it won, when it won like best picture or whatever it won. And he said, adaption. And I'm like, oh, fucking Harrison. Come on. You have one job, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> it dropped a whole fucking syllable. Damn it. <laughs> well, Sean, what did you think about it? You've been, you've been pretty quiet. I wanted to hear what you thought. I, yeah. Well, you know, it's, I remembered the end most, most of all. And, um, like the I very end in the church, the very end, the church and the, and the, and the, body and the parts end. body parts, <laughs> you know, do you remember where you parked the car? Um, yeah. and I think I, you know, as I generally do, I rate, I, I am a little too harsh with endings because uh-huh. I think, I don't think it does it justice. I don't think the end of this movie uh, fits the rest the rest of it, and I think it's a shame because it is. I think it is pretty good. I'm I was I'm in Cohen's camp. I was I thought I remember not you know I remember kind of watching it, but I don't remember much about it. But now I think um, I was just too young for it. I just, I don't think I mean I didn't have your ten year old maturity or whatever it was, but I was not but yeah, it, it, a lot of it went over my head. And this time around, it was it was cool. And I see, um, you know, obviously in reading it, we found out that it's it, it has a new life as a sort of an LGBTQ uh, cult, cult classic. Yeah. yeah, you know, Pride, and it's been on Ru, RuPaul's Drag Drag Race, and and I and I get that, and I understand. It makes me it helps me understand the movie because, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you focus on Bruce Willis and his character, you're like, eh. yeah, you know everybody's kind of shitty, but, <laughs> and I think, you know, the end is supposed to be like, they get their, their just desserts or they, they, you know, they, they are spend eternity with each other, painting each other. And he gets off to a little too easily because in the beginning, you know, he's just a, he's just a jerk. I mean, you know, yeah. he, he walks on his fiance after seeing a play with, or, you know, musical with, with, you know, yeah. he's, he's pretty smart. Yeah. And then when he like finally decides, okay, I'm, I'm done with all of you. And, oh, you know, I drink too much and pours out. Like it's such a sudden turn. And then like the eulogy is like, oh, he did all this great stuff. I mean, I like the point. I like what it's trying to say, but I think that's not fair. He didn't earn that. The character didn't earn that ending. Didn't earn that. Exactly. And I, I think that's what threw me in my memory of it was like i just I, you know i was just confused at the end i enjoy, i remember kind of liking it and that was how crazy it was and <laughs> you know it's pretty funny and then and then i'm like oh mm-hmm. so if i can set that aside and i can i think yeah because <laughs> I, I i do love meryl streep i and i think you're right i think i don't i think her the subtlety of her performance is is amazing yeah and goldie hon too is great but yeah. I, I think Meryl stands out in this one. And, and I don't think that, you know, you can do without her. And um, anyway, I mean, it's just, it's definitely rewatchable. I didn't think it was so rewatchable, but I, I, I think I'd watch this again. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. 
I think the, the for me the opening scene goes on a little too long with the that musical. I was just like, oh my god, this is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, but it actually kind of sets things up in a in a way, and and then it just gets better and better. Um, but and I agree with Sean at the end. I like the very end. I was like, you know, something just doesn't feel quite right. Like it's not terrible, but it just doesn't feel quite right. And um, you know, at the when they're falling up, when they fall apart to pieces, I almost wanted to. I was like waiting for that Terminator Two, you know, the T one thousand sort of thing, and they start pulling back together. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was sure waiting for it. <laughs> for me, the ending, I it's one of those movies where I always, after the ending, I'm constantly thinking about after like what happens next like mm-hmm. do all the people from the funeral come out and find these body parts moving around <laughs> outside their fa- their father's funeral and like like right. what the hell's going on like i don't know i just always thought about that like what do they do now <laughs> like they can't put themselves back together like that i yeah. don't know i've always thought about that i guess it was when i was a kid when i saw it i was like what the hell but yeah i guess they had another they had another ending in mind which was kind of I think they had a uh, couple different endings in mind, and they shot yeah. at least one, right? The one where he's still alive, and yeah, they're all kind of together. Yeah, yeah. There's actually um, they they cut out an entire character. Oh it was, right, uh, it was Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman, yeah, yeah. She was a uh, uh, she was like a bartender or something that Bruce Willis befriends and ends up, I think, ends up marrying or something, and like. It was like a whole nother ending, but then it didn't work. They test audiences didn't like it or something, so they completely cut her character. But the funny thing is, is if you watch the trailer from 1992, Tracy Ullman is in the trailer. They still have have parts of her in that trailer. Yeah, and the trailer has the Tales from the Crypt music. Yes. (laughs) Oh, right, because this was originally conceived as a sequel to the old Tales from the Crypt movie. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, he was doing Robert both Zemeckis, at the same time, right? Robert Zemeckis wanted this to be a Tales from the Crypt film, I think. Yeah, because I know he di- he directed some Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Yeah, because he did one of my favorite Tales from the Crypts. He did um, the one called All Through the Night. It's the one about Santa Claus, like this this psychotic Santa Claus killer, <laughs> and it's actually um, the guy who plays the guy who plays Santa was Larry Drake, who played Doctor Giggles. Sure, Doctor Giggles, yeah. Giggles. Um, but the wife in it was actually his wife in real life. Um, I forget what her name is. She's the mom from Goonies. Oh yeah. Actually in death becomes her. She was, yeah, she's in this too. Yeah. She's in the, she's in lethal weapon. And uh, yeah. Mary Ellen Trainer. Mary Ellen Trainer. Yeah. She was, uh, she was the, the lady at the, um, book party and she was asking him about how, uh, (laughs) how how he he made her aunt look so good. And he was telling her about the spray paint and everything. So <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good scene. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad it wasn't a total disaster for you guys watching. <laughs> I was a little nervous. I know you guys can be pretty brutal with some movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not at the level of Howard the Duck, but it's it's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> it's almost up to that level, but not quite. <laughs> so wow. This movie actually made me laugh out loud. So that that I think is always a victory in itself when I'm sure. sitting there watching a movie alone and I actually laugh out loud. <laughs> like if that happens, Vivian's like, what are you watching? <laughs> Something to elicit an emotional response. <laughs> so 
Yeah, this I, I enjoyed it. I thought also, like, I know part of it is C, or it's like three different things layered on top of each other for CGI. But when she falls down the stairs and then stands up and walks, mm-hmm. that acting and the way it's done is so awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it's so awkward. It's like, yeah. like bones have to be broken to be walking that way. You know, <laughs> it's like, I think it's great. Yeah, and that was actually Meryl Streep doing that. Like that was really hurt. Like they put like a bag over her head and like had her walk backwards like that and everything. Like if I, I watched like I have a on my Blu-ray, it has a whole behind the scenes thing and then showed how they filmed it. It was pretty crazy. Mm, but, uh, yeah. She's also she's also said that she would never do a special effects movie like this. Yeah. <laughs> she said it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I will never do that again. But yeah. I, the funny thing is with this is I've seen this movie probably, like I said, like 20, 25 times and I actually found something I never knew about it um, the other night when I watched it. One of uh, one of the henchmen that is uh, of Liesel's is Fabio. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never, <laughs> ever knew that. I never knew I just noticed it the other night. I was like, is that Fabio? And like I just like waited for the credits because I wanted to see it. And I was like, it is Fabio. I had no yeah. idea. No idea. I was pretty blown away by that. <laughs> you got to put a little goose blood on his nose to see if it's really him. <laughs> yeah, that uh, I guess no one knows what I'm talking about. What does that mean? What that means. <laughs> uh, he was on a roller coaster and he got hit with a, a, a goose, you know, and it hit him in the face and the goose, he was fine. The goose died. <laughs> he killed a goose with his face. <laughs> Look I it up. That's pretty funny. That yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> um, speaking of bit parts, I the guy who played Dakota, she goes to see. Yeah, you remember that yes. scene? Yep. I I could I recognized him, and even when I looked him up, I couldn't place him. And it was only later that I realized that he was in the original Stand uh, miniseries, the TV miniseries. The kind of hokey one he played Larry Underwood in the uh, the original one. So I thought when I saw him, I was like, he looks like he's related to the guy who the the young guy who is cast as is the the new Han Solo. I was like, he kind of has that look. And I had to look up who he was. I mean, he's not obviously I knew he wasn't him, but it was like, are they related? <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the critics, I think. What you know, we're up, you know, all over the place. I mean, some of them were pretty harsh, but uh, I liked reading about, you know, so the writer David Kep was, uh, you know, he read every word he can get his hands on. You know, uh, many people got it and loved it for his weirdness. Many people, many did not. <laughs> but you can't have a life in the circus with, without a certain amount of elephant shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. He's got a good. You know, he's got, <laughs> he's got to kind of figure it out, you know, if you keep that attitude up. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, when I when I introduced the movie on our last episode that's going to be watching, I was like, oh, this is a movie that hits that that middle, that that kind of 50 to 70 percent approval where I was like, OK, some people love this. Some people really can't stand it. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you mentioned, the other, some of the critics were harsh, like Siskel and Ebert both gave it a thumbs down saying that, you know, that it, there's no substance or character depth to this. It's just special effects, which for 
us is like, what that? What is what? How could that be a bad thing? <laughs> like if they nailed the special, great special effects, like that's what more do you want? You know, but but to me is like, oh no, this is this is just like silliness. And the like when you were um, you know saying about Bruce Willis, I was like, Bruce Willis plays the straight guy the whole way through. Like he doesn't, he never really like. Like he freaks out a little bit, but he just keeps playing the straight guy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, I was like, that in itself is like, is like, it's so like, I don't know. To me, I think as far as silly comedies go, it's like it has all these elements that all come together so nicely. And I was, I'm surprised that they both gave it a thumbs down. Yeah. What do critics know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people well, yeah, sitting around talking about movies now. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see some of those critics what they say about it now if they've if they've watched it again. And because I, I I do feel like this is a good example of a movie where, you know, at first glance you might dismiss it. Um or or you know, like Cohen was saying, like, you know, at the time when we were kids, we were like, you know, we want adventure, we want a lot of hooplas and a lot of jokes, like people getting kicked in the nuts, stuff like that. <laughs> and this is a, yes. you know, has has some of those elements, uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't tick all the boxes of a twelve year old boy, <laughs> usually. <laughs> uh, again, David, you are, yeah, you're still ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, we were 17, 18 when it came oh, out. Right. <laughs> right, so we don't even have that excuse. We're just like, nope. uh... <laughs> I think for me with this movie, I, I what I really enjoy about it is um, it's it doesn't seem like it's grounded in, in reality. It seems like another dimension or something. Like the way it's filmed and the, and the sets and like the fact that it's like, the weather is like Seattle in Los Angeles, <laughs> right? <laughs> Constantly raining and thunder yeah. and lightning all the time. Like I was just like, how is this LA? But it just—I I don't know why it just doesn't feel like and even all like the celebrities Paris, who are still alive and shit. yeah, it just—it just seems like a like a like a dream world or something. And I feel like that's why a big part of why I really enjoy this movie is it doesn't seem grounded in any way in reality. Which obviously, I mean, the content is ridiculous, but. It's just I don't know I like all the sets and everything and the way that people talk and just like how they how they just re how they just act on a dime like they just like do the stupidest stuff like out of nowhere like Meryl Streep just walks down with a shotgun and blows Goldie Hawn away like, it just, like <laughs> I just, it just oh I yeah just and enjoy it. when uh, Bruce Willis sees there is a gun missing he does the the cartoon <laughs> double take <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's, I remember when we were watching it and early on there's a scene. And all of a sudden, in the background, there's this enormous gun case with like ten shotguns in it. I'm like, oh boy, that's only there. That's only there, <laughs> yeah. so someone can grab a gun and shoot someone later. Yep. Because right. what the fuck is there a gun case there for? <laughs> it's not rural Wisconsin, <laughs> right? I know. It's like I can't picture Bruce Willis going out and like shooting guns in that, right. that character. David, as as someone who's seen this a lot, maybe this isn't a criticism, more of a. Uh, uh, you know, an exploration. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how did Goldie Hawn or, you know, her character come up with the potion. I think, was, I think she said like 1985 or something. So mm-hmm. that was like seven years. That was about the time when she was in the, the psych ward. Yeah. When she was huge. So did she, 
did she lose a bunch? Like she was like, oh, that's it. Like she, you know, she realized what she had to do. Yeah. And um, so how? Yeah. How does she? I'm. I guess I'm. What I'm, what I'm wondering is, at what point did she take the potion, and why did that? Or did the potion just magically go? You know. Yeah. Shrink, shrink her down or something. Yeah. I. You know, that's a great question. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. Like, did she just drink the potion and like her fat just disappeared and she became skinny again? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> good I, question, though. Yeah, so that's but, the, one of the other things I remember thinking about when I was a kid. Like, why, you know, why is it, why did she get really fat? And then like, why is that such a big deal? Uh-huh. And if you look at it from a superficial perspective, you're like, well, you know, being unattractive, that's one way to be unattractive. Um, yeah. Or, you know, aging, the aging process. But it was like, it didn't quite fit with the others. I was just like, I, I didn't quite make the connection. But maybe, I mean, that's the easy answer, right? That it, that the potion just goes, just makes you the best version of yourself. Yeah, pretty much. And keeps you there. That's kind of what I, that's kind of what I assumed watching it, that she just drank it and turned into what she looked like at the end. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. See, I, I see. I was going a different way. I assumed that when she got the idea of eliminate, she's like, "Okay, I have to change everything in my life and be someone who can go and eliminate Meryl Streep." And that the the potion came along at, and helped her at some point. But I assumed that she was already on that track. Right. I mean, she still had to write the book. She still had to be yeah. successful. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. She was definitely on the on the track to eliminate. Madeline Ashton for sure. <laughs> I like when when she's in the mirror and she is uh, she's pretending how to like, pretending how to or practicing how to talk to to Bruce Willis and then she they pan back and she just is all like the kill die pictures of Madeline <laughs> Ashton all over the mirror like a psycho. So good, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a a bizarre plan to uh, <laughs> douse the entire car and booze and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then it was they were like oh and her blood alcohol will be 0.4 like wait you didn't cover that part how did you did you just pump her with the alcohol is that how you get your 0.4 <laughs> and I then alcohol that. in the glass I yeah. love that whole scene it's so good <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah like there's there's so many scenes in that movie that are just so weird. Like when Goldie Hawn's like sneaking around their house and like her black cat suit, like flipping over the gate and like, <laughs> and then she almost gets run over. Like, it's just like the movie is just so bizarre. Like there's just so many bizarre scenes in it that are just, I don't know. I just, I find them wildly entertaining. I enjoy it. Yeah. Between some of the weirdness and actually some of the, the music it had, um, it was like a little bit of Tim Burton feel to it. Um, yeah. The music had a, had some of that now and then. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing we were, we were talking about when we were watching. We thought, I wonder what it, this would have been like if Tim Burton would have directed Johnny Depp in mm. the same script. What would that have been like? I mean, Johnny Depp would have been a little young, but. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see Johnny Depp being Bruce, Bruce Willis. No? No. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. I, I like Kevin here. Klein. Uh, oh, more. Kevin Klein, I think is just. I about think perfect. he would nail it. Yeah, oh, he been, yeah, he would have been perfect. I almost like really want to see that movie. <laughs> 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 I wish he would do it. I thought this, maybe I, Robin Williams would have been interesting, based purely on the Birdcage, <laughs> because it's you know similar sort of farcical elements. 
Mm. Well, yeah. So you say the music, um, which is a double up for us, Alan Silvestri. Um, And is kind of a loosely, uh, you know, has an homage in our uh, theme music because it's from Predator. Oh, Nice. And he does that too. And he does well. Is he? He does like Back to the Future and yeah, a lot of stuff. But I mean, that's the one we've done. Do we need to cover any more double ups or? Like there's yeah, well, there's, there's a, a few. Lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Meryl Streep, obviously big one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Isabella Ro- Rossellini. Well, oh, so I'm she in, yeah, I'm blanking on it. She's uh, in Wyatt Earp. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's Who was a, she in White Earp? I don't remember. <laughs> I feel sometimes I feel like I didn't watch White Earp and and Sam did because he's always pulling out the, the double ups in White Earp. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got a pretty. Well, you told me it was an enormous cast. <laughs> she was big. That was Kate. You know, oh, she was no, like, I, I right, remember. Course, I do you remember? She, she was with uh, what's his name? Yeah. Also, um, Mimi Kennedy uh, played the mom. Played Christian Slater's mom and pump up the volume. And we oh. mentioned Mary Ellen Trainer already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Mimi Kenny. And we we got to mention Bruce, of course, for Die Hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This whole this whole cast is double ups. <laughs> what about uh, Sidney Pollock as the Doctor? Oh yeah, I, that thought that was an interesting little thing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny little cameo. Yeah. I could, usually he just I think usually he cameos in movies that he's directing doesn't he I didn't really think he yeah, yeah. well he uh what, what was the one with Seth Rogen where he, he or not Seth Rogen uh, uh fuck he plays a pediatrician who's seen uh, with uh Jason Siegel oh yeah I know what you're talking about is that you're, sit, you're sitting on a race car you know <laughs> I forgot oh I forget. is that forgetting Sarah Marshall oh maybe that's what it is yeah yeah I think it is yeah <laughs> yeah and so he I, yeah i like i like that scene a lot because it's 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 hyperbole but it's also still still it kind of like draws you back into real life a little bit because you're you know in the er and mm-hmm. and he you know he has a drink of whiskey or whatever it is but <laughs> then he just leaves like, like like what would you do <laughs> well then he goes and has a heart attack and then he has a heart attack and it's yeah. back to farce but but yeah. the moment I, I was just thinking about like what would you do if you had a patient and it yeah it just broke all the rules of physics and you just you just were freaking out <laughs> and you're trying to be professional i was like yeah that's that sounds about right you go, you just leave the room you just crawl out of your skin to get out of there the um i i love how he he delivers all the things that are wrong with her and he goes and there's something wrong with your neck too. <laughs> it's like the the, the add-on thing. <laughs> so. It's like what he says with uh, Goldie Hawn after she gets shot and she gets out. She's like, "I'm soaking wet." And he's like, "There's something seriously wrong with your blouse." <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many good lines in that movie. It's so funny. I love that movie. Oh, you know what? It wasn't it wasn't Sidney Pollack in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. It was oh. an actor named Steve Landsberg who used to be on Barney Miller. Oh. But he looks just like him. I thought it yeah, I thought it was him. Oh really? Hmm. 
But yeah, he has done cameos like that where sure. But as you say, yeah, usually the director is uh isn't he in um what's a uh oh, eyes wide shot? Isn't he yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he plays a doctor in that too, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think he does. I yeah. think he does. Have we done one of his movies too? And I can't remember. We've just mentioned. Um, I don't think we've done one. We have not. Uh, did the firm? We did the firm, didn't we? Oh, that's it. That is it. Oh, yes, we did. Yes, another double up. See, yeah. everything's a double up. <laughs> well, this is episode eighty. I was going to say it's going to start more. <laughs> yeah, Unless I'm sure we've missed some. Unless you keep a, keep more in the realm of sleepaway camp, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one has borne fruit too. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's Robert Earl Jones. We've they've come up against, you know, he's popped up here and there in that in Cohen's uh, lawyer pick. What the hell was that one called? The verdict. The verdict. Yeah, it shows up in there. I stand corrected. <laughs> So are they remaking this? I thought I saw something or making a TV show or they, is this coming back around? Did you guys see anything like that? Or is that just... I had heard that there's been rumors that they were going to remake it, but nothing ever concrete ever came through. I don't think there was like there was a rumor, I think, like a year ago that it was going to be uh, like Kate Hudson was going to take over Goldie Hawn's part. And then um, interesting. And then think, Meryl Streep's think, daughter. I don't know if it was Meryl Streep's daughter or like Anne Hathaway or something. And oh. then I heard that Lady Gaga was going to play the Isabella Rossellini character. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But I mean, it was all just hearsay. Meryl Streep's daughter is an actress and she does yeah. look a bit like her. Yeah. Yeah. She does look like her. She's actually played the younger version of her in movies. Yeah. 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 She does look like, just like her. Yeah. And, um, uh... Meryl Streep was, I guess, 43 when she did this. And uh, it says her character is supposed to be 50 mm-hmm. or 50 plus. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't... Well, they definitely aged her up a bit in the beginning with makeup. Yeah. And then when she takes the potion, they just... And Gold, off, I Goldie is... I don't know how old Goldie is, but I mean, it, it's kind of irrelevant. I mean, uh, that's the other part is that I, I thought it was... I thought it was trying to be, you know... Or maybe my first time around, I thought it's like a morality tale about, you know, vanity and beauty and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I don't think it's that. I don't think it's going that far. I think I mean, it is. It's saying all these things and, mm-hmm. and they are true, you know. Yeah. It, but at the same time. Yeah. I mean, like, so at the party, Elvis shows up and, you know, like there's just a lot of fun with it, too. Like, And I, yeah. and I think that that if you get caught up in the darker elements, you can just, you know. Maybe and maybe this happened to other people who watched it. Well, like, you know, you kind of miss the fun of it. Yeah. Like even the you know he's out he's out in a limb he's hanging on the <laughs> he's hanging by his suspenders for some reason, <laughs> and he and his you know his choices are drink this, or die. And he <laughs> and he's like you're on your own you know and and then you're like oh well that you know that would be one way to go and then he crashes <laughs> through and they just look at each other like ugh you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just good fun. When he crashes through the pool, uh, 
that took me a few a few times watching it. Obviously, I was younger. I didn't get the reference, but I didn't realize that was supposed to be Jim Morrison at the pool. Oh, is yeah. that who that was? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be Jim Morrison. Like, are you done yet or what? Like, <laughs> but I, it took me a few watches to actually really uh, to get that one, to get that one. I got the James Dean one. And then yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, the Jim Morrison one was uh, a little over my head when I first saw it. Yeah, it says Greta Garbo is there and she mentions a, a Greta Garbo line, I guess. Yeah, How about in. leaving her alone or whatever. Yeah, though. I just want to be left alone. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. a remake would be is you know, in the, in the in the same way that Space Camp was you know, perhaps a good idea to be remade. This this that could be interesting. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what they could do with it today. Mm-hmm. The effects are so much bigger now. Yeah, they make it much but like more. a nice like a nice tight little screenplay. You know, something something yeah. really well written. Mm-hmm. With really crackling dialogue and, and some interesting things to say, it could it could be really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I think that's that's going to be the hard magic to recapture because there's so many quirky yeah. jokes in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To try to do that again, I think yeah. it'd be really tough. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like this movie is a weird movie that it, I don't know if it could come out at any other time than when it did. Like it was just such a it's such a weird movie and. Is kind of back in the day when they took more chances on weird movies like this. Like yeah. nowadays, things are just Marvel or like uh, sequels or remakes or whatever. But back then, you know, in the 90s, they would every once in a while they made like some weird ass movie that you're like, how did this movie get made? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, very true. So much money into, you know, like, I mean, they put a lot of money into this movie. And it's just a, it's a strange little story, but it, it works, I think. I think it's great. Yeah, that's one of the other things that that writer David Kep said was that, you know, he thought uh, maybe the budget will be like 5 million, but then <laughs> Universal got Zemeckis on it. So it was, you know, he was thinking it was going to be a B movie, but, you know, it became a, a you know, an A-list big budget kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's another reason why people are like confused by it. Like, you know, if you, if you, you don't usually look for camp in the, in a big box office draw with big names like this, you know, that's yeah. not, or, I mean, we. I think we talked about that crazy uh, Dan Aykroyd. Um, you know, it's like a horror. They're in a crazy uh, haunted. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Thank you. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my friends and I quote that movie all the time. <laughs> it's so weird, it's so stupid, but it's so entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> no, very true. Yeah, and you're right. The people don't they don't take the same chances anymore, and you know, we're we're the poorer for it. We should we need more of that. Yeah, nothing but trouble is a perfect example of that. That is like the weirdest, strangest movie, and they got like Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd. It's yeah. got a huge cast, and it's the strangest, weirdest little movie. But yeah, that's that's totally it for sure. And I'm sure that's probably why most people the why it's so split why people didn't like it going in. I mean, especially I, I'm picturing like when I went to see it with my mom, it obviously it was a much older audience that was there. And there was probably like older women who were probably like, Oh, Meryl Streep has a new movie. Let's go see it. <laughs> like they're so used to like Sophie's choice and a cry in the dark and Kramer versus Kramer. Then they go there and her head's twisted on backwards and she's like <laughs> blowing people's stomachs out. Like they're probably like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So I, I, I understand where the confusion would would, would lie. 
But. Yeah, none of those other movies have a almost naked Isabella Rossellini character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although she did use a body double. That wasn't her. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was, uh, I read about it. It was actually uh, an actress who later on went to star in the show Jag. Yeah. I don't know who she is, but. Her yeah, name's Catherine was, Bell. There you go. That's her. Yep. Oh, <laughs> the one from uh, Bruce Almighty? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Exactly. You can see the resemblance. See the resemblance. I don't. I don't know if I'm being serious or not. Honestly. <laughs> oh, I knew it was her. <laughs> yeah. What I like about this most is I don't know that any of us would have picked this movie necessarily. I probably wouldn't have done. No, I don't think I would have. Yeah, when when uh, and when I told Sal which which movie I picked, I kind of got that feeling when I saw his face. Like, okay, like <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh oh, I don't know if I picked the right movie or not for this for this crowd. But I was like, I'm yeah. just gonna go with it. No, my thought was like, like okay. <laughs> It's a movie that to me is so under my radar. Like, like it just, I was just like, ah, like that's like, and, and then also like, okay, you're going to come on the show. You get to pick one movie. And so it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like if <laughs> one shot, one yeah. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of <laughs> I like I don't know. I just was expecting like something. I'd be like, yeah, I know that movie. I like it. And this was like, <laughs> I, like I vaguely have a recollect, like I recall that it exists. And then yeah. Yeah, I was like, huh. <laughs> this is momentary confusion, like stumped me. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we have a guest on and, they, and their pick is Top Gun, then we're obviously doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Top Gun? Nothing, but. I mean, if that was your one, that's that's the movie you want to put your stamp on. That's that's you. I mean, I mean, Cohen, that's you. But uh. <laughs> please call him Iceman. <laughs> I was gonna pick. I wanted to pick Clue. That was my favorite movie. Oh, you guys, oh you we guys already did that. You yeah, on that one. So I was like, I have to figure something else out. Did you happen to to listen to the, us do talk about that one? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I cool. was, that was like one of the first ones I think I ever listened to. Cause when uh, Sal told me about the podcast, I was like, Oh, you guys can do a podcast. Awesome. Cause I love movie podcasts. I, I listened to another one called the rewatchables. Sure. I listened to that one too. Yeah. I love that one. So yeah. when Sal told me about yours, I was like, Oh nice. So I'm constantly just in my car listening to movie podcasts all the time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then, uh, I saw the clue one. I was like, yes. So I, to that. <laughs> I love, I love clue. That's like one of my faves for sure. Yeah. Oh, well are we blown a hole right through this uh, movie or what <laughs> I terrible. can see right through you <laughs> dang <laughs> I think you can be pretty young to watch this movie it's one of our obligatory sure subjects. like it doesn't it doesn't really have anything foul yeah yeah it's not, not too the violent violence is pretty cartoonish yeah. yeah. 
Oh, I thought about another another one of those things that when Meryl Streep says weird when she's just about to get pushed down the stairs from Bruce Willis and she's talking to him and she's like, "You're a boozy, flaccid clown," and he's like, <laughs> "Shit!" And she's like, "Flaccid." flaccid. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like, you just, when would you ever see Meryl Streep do that? Like, <laughs> it's, it's flaccid. like it, it just captures her in a time where like I don't think any movie ever has. Her. Yeah. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. I, I like that too. The the oh for Christ's sakes, at least lie quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying. <laughs> So I don't know. Did we cover who, what this writer, what other movies this writer has also written? Jurassic yeah, Park. really. Yeah, yeah. Jurassic Park. Right there's after this, that. I've only talked about one, but there's there are two of them. Uh, where is his name? He wrote a fantastic movie that came out before Death Becomes Her. That has two names. It's credited in IMDb as Dark Angel, but it's what it's really called is I Come in Peace. <laughs> Starring Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Oh yes, it like is 90s, right? amazing. Yeah. That was nineteen ninety. Yeah, it has like... it has the best "fuck you" line at the end of the movie I've ever heard, <laughs> and I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before yes, twice. <laughs> twice. <laughs> I won't torture you with a third, but it's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, funny. the other writer is named Martin Donovan. He did. Something called Apartment Zero. Yeah. And then he did co-wrote this. It's uh, those are his big he's, ones. So yeah, he's mostly a TV writer. Yeah. I mean, David Cup, Quep, Cap. How the hell you say that? I just said Cap. I don't even know. He's written That's some right. good stuff. Yeah, he Carlito's has. Way, Mission Impossible, um, First Spider Man, the Raimi Spider Man, Good mm. War of the Worlds, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <Third>. <laughs> Zathra. Yeah. Zathra. Zathra. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm mixing Zathras with Zathra. Mm -hmm. It's all sure. squished together. <laughs> Your um, Zathra and tube is clogged or something. Yes. Um, uh, uh, I was going to say uh, Premium Rush. Oh. Yeah. That was enjoyable. All right. Then it says he went on to direct Stir of Echoes and. Mm -hmm. Premium Rush, I didn't see that one. Trigger Effect, I saw that. Huh. He uh, he wrote, I don't know if he directed it, but there's a movie that came out last year with Kevin Bacon called You Should Have Left. So oh, yeah, I wanted to see fucking that. Fucking stupid. It is, is it? awful. Oh, never mind. <laughs> like just, in, you know, the trailer and and then and the title itself, you think, oh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give away the whole movie. No, they did. <laughs> like, you don't have to see it. You can totally figure it out. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be sort of a surprise or a twist, but it's dog shit. It's like the most telegraph thing ever to have occurred in film. It's like if minute one of the sixth sense, some, you know, Bruce Willis is like, yeah, I'm actually dead. And the kid goes, and I can see you. And you're like, all right, well, we don't <laughs> fucking need to see the rest of this movie, do we? <laughs> That's what you should have left is. <laughs> Uh, so disappointing. 
I guess they can't all be winners. No. Stuart Beckles is pretty good. Yeah, yeah I like that one. Yeah, that was good. He was born in uh, Peabody, Wisconsin. Yeah. Hey, all right. Is that near where you were? More or less. Yeah. It's a suburb of Milwaukee. Yeah. My brother like was an away. hour away. Is it? Never mind. <laughs> I looked it up. It says it's bordered by Minnesota to the west. That's nowhere near Milwaukee. <laughs> okay, three hours away. It, no, uh, it is. I it's work on my geography. Milwaukee's pretty close to M- M- Milwaukee. It's just, it's like a Western, I mean, not quite a suburb, oh. but it's right by Waukesha. Okay. I'm just confusing my links here. Sorry. Go with your gut. That's the, that's the lesson we learned here. Yeah. And my gut says we are ready for our next movie. Oh, what is what our a next segue? Movie? Uh, is it, it's my pick, right? I think it's my pick. Hell yeah, not mine. All right. <laughs> um, I have decided to go with a horror movie. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, I know. Well, it's been a little while since I picked it has a horror actually. movie. Yeah. So I hey, I think yeah. we missed one more double up. Oh, yeah, we did. Am I oh, correct? Sure. Probably. Yes, we did. Nancy Fish, who was Rose. Yeah. Was in Howard the Duck. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's these interns, they work hard. And I'm yeah, getting a did. tap on the shoulder here, like, hey, moron, you got forgot one. I mean, so it wasn't serendipity. They heard us mention yeah. it earlier, early in the podcast. They're like, oh, wait. They're, they're sitting right next yeah. to me. Well, well I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that I, I guess Howard Duck is the nexus of the film universe. <laughs> yeah, the black hole. <laughs> in, a strange, in a strange twist of sort of meta fate, you know. Yeah, she's know. the homeless bag lady. Of course she movie. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes full circle with Howard the Duck. <laughs> it always does. It God is. damn it. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, a horror movie from the 80s that was remade about 10 years ago. The remake was dog shit, as they tend to be. Evil okay. Dead too. Evil Dead? No, no, not that. Good, good guess. And right, right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, definitely something I would normally pick. Uh, it is a vampire movie. Oh, I think I know. Yeah. Hell Knight. Close. Oh, uh, the other one. Shit. No, it. <laughs> the night part's right. Oh, Fright yes. Night. Fright yeah. Night. Fright Night. That's Fright Night. The old one, yeah. though, not the shitty remake. The old one. That's a good pick. Yeah, yeah. that is a good pick. That's a great movie. I haven't seen it beginning then in many years, but I remember liking it very, very much, and hating the remake, and looking forward to the remake because liking the old one, and there was a good cast for the remake. But ugh. all right, where can you watch this uh, masterpiece? Uh, uh, give Random me clicking. Give me. 20 seconds for my purge to load. Come on. All right. You can rent it on Amazon Prime, YouTube. Uh, it's on Vudu for rental. I don't see that it's free anywhere. Let's see. Hmm. Inconceivable. Not free. Lame. Well, David, uh, we, this was awesome. I really appreciate you joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. 
Come back anytime because, uh, you know, this doesn't have to be your one movie. You can have another one. <laughs> oh, anytime. Yeah, I mean, okay, so what was the third pick? We did Clue, the, you did Death Becomes Her. What was the, what did you have a third runner up? Or were you were like, okay, you did Clue, it's definitely Death Becomes Her. No, hands down. <laughs> um, I mean, there's always, there's always a few like, like spinning around in my wheelhouse that I would probably do. Like one of them would definitely be Heather's. I don't know if you ever saw. Oh yeah, that's oh, sure. That's, that's also <laughs> that's on my list. Of oh, is it? That's picks. one of my favorites. Yeah. I love that movie. That's so quotable too. It's a good one. Um, I don't know. There's, there. I don't know. I, I would have to really sit down and think about it. It's so special. To yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> if we put you on the spot, maybe you go back special. to nothing but trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. which i have not seen i'm gonna put oh, i'm gonna gosh. have to see that now okay. that would be a that would be a good one that would i've be seen it but i don't have fond memories of it <laughs> but it was i have that I, well, I, it's you. not true i don't i don't have any memory of it i just know i saw it and i know and i remember not liking it but i don't yeah. i couldn't tell you why and you know, i couldn't tell what it was about just that yeah. dan Aykroyd was wearing weird like old man makeup yeah <laughs> that alone might be worth exploration perhaps yeah. oh yeah there's definitely a lot to talk about in that. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> lot to go through. It is wildly stupid, but really. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I think this has been our best episode. I mean, thanks to David. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Oh, stop. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> as usual. Yeah, as usual. <laughs> Pulled it off in the end, though. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, adios. Oh. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Later. That's the film with your Awesome sauce. I don't know why I need to say that.